This podcast is brought to you by EverythingVoluntary.com. My name is Skylar Collins, and this is Thinking and Doing. In this podcast, I examine logical fallacies, cognitive biases, stoic teachings for masters past and present, and tips on being better at life. I hope it will be as instructive to you as it is to me in the pursuit of thinking and doing well. Hello, welcome to the podcast, Thinking and Doing. This will be a logical fallacy review. We're going to look at three logical fallacies. We're going to start with illicit process, and then we'll look at stolen concept, And then we'll finish with proof by selected instances, or as it's also called, the fallacy of the enumeration of favorable circumstances. All right, let's get right into it. And as is usual, my resource is uh, Haggai Bill's, uh, what does he call it? Haggai Bill's uh, Dictionary of Logical Fallacies. (laughs) Uh, Let's see, I had to scroll up. Okay, there it is. You can find this at at ozarkia.net. All right, illicit process. This is a formal fallacy. In a valid standard form categorical syllogism, if a term is distributed in the conclusion, it must also be distributed in a premise. The major term or the minor term may lack such distribution, giving two sub-fallacies, illicit process of the major term, illicit major, and illicit process of the minor term, illicit minor. All right, let's look at some examples. Here is an example of an illicit major. All dogs are mammals. No cats are dogs. Therefore, no cats are mammals. So the, um, the term, so the term in the conclusion, therefore, no cats are mammals. Cats was not in the, uh, major premise, which is all dogs are mammals. So it, it, it's, it's really a non sequitur. The conclusion is a non sequitur. It doesn't follow due to, uh, the illicit major. Here's an example of illicit minor. All communists are subversives. All communists are critics of the current administration. Therefore, all critics of the current administration are subversive. That is illicit minor. So the conclusion, therefore, all critics of the current administration are subversives. Uh, subversives was not in that uh, the minor premise, which is the second premise. Okay, let's let's review that again. Here's the illicit major. All dogs are mammals. Okay, no cats are dogs. Therefore, no cats are mammals. Well, that can't follow because if it, if it would have said um, all dogs are mammals, no cats are dogs. Therefore, no cats are mammals. Just because cats are not dogs and dogs are mammals, uh, that doesn't prove that cats aren't mammals. As we know, cats are mammals. Uh, if it said, no lizards are dogs, therefore no lizards are mammals, that's another fallacy. Because just because um, dogs are mammals and lizards aren't dogs, that doesn't prove that lizards aren't mammals. But we know lizards aren't mammals, so this is a... An example of a different fallacy. I'm not sure the name of it right now. 
something about um, you, you did it wrong, but you arrived at the correct solution. <laughs> um, okay, and the second, the uh, illicit, the illicit minor. All communists are subversives. All communists are critics of the current administration. Therefore, all critics of the current administration are subversives. Well, just just um, just critics of the current administration who are also communists are subversives. There may be other critics that aren't subversives that aren't communists. We haven't established that, so that that conclusion doesn't follow. Okay, all right. This this these things can be a little. Um, I would say tongue twisting, but it's not tongue twisting. It's, it's more mind twisting, <laughs> right? You're trying to hold it up in your head. You're like this premise, then this premise, then this conclusion, but something's missing here. I mean, it, it's easy to see that it doesn't follow. It's easy to see the non sequitur of it. But as far as illicit major, illicit minor, um, that's a bit more specific, right? The type of non sequitur that, that it is or what's causing the non sequitur, right? This, this, prior fallacy. Anyway, that's not so sexy, but all right, let's go on to the next one. Okay, this one was kind of cool. Stolen concept. Using a concept while ignoring, contradicting, or denying the validity of the concepts on which it logically and genetically depends. And then here's some examples we'll talk about. All property is theft. All right, well, all property is theft. You can't, you can't have theft without presupposing property rights, right? You can't have theft without presupposing property. So to say all property is theft, it's a, it's a contradiction. Okay. Here's another one. The axioms of logic are arbitrary. And the note here is something is arbitrary only in distinction to that, which is logically necessary. The axioms of logic are arbitrary. Okay. That's a contradiction. Here's another one. All that exists is change in motion. All that exists is change in motion. Well, the, the issue with this is that change is, is possible only to an existent entity. So if all that exists is change in motion, how do you, how do you, how do you get change without something else existing? That something being an existent entity. Okay. Here's another one. You cannot prove that you exist. And he puts, uh, proof presupposes existence, right? You cannot prove that you exist. Well, the idea of proving something presupposes that. There's somebody trying to prove it. So that would, that would presuppose existence as he, as he says. Okay. Here's the last one. Um, acceptance of reason is an act of faith. The reason that's a contradiction is says faith has meaning only in contradistinction, contradistinction to reason. Um, I've got to push back on that one a little bit. I don't, I don't think, I think there is a way, there is faith as a concept that is, that does uh, only have meaning in contradistinction to reason. But I think there's also faith as a concept that doesn't. We have reasons to believe that when we get in our car, uh, it will start up. It won't blow up. We can drive it around. We won't, we won't be hit. We won't be killed. We'll make it home safely. We have reasons because we have experience and we understand, uh, this, you know, to, to some degree, uh, the statistical likelihoods of those things happening. We understand that. You know, what, what are the chances of somebody put a bomb in the car? What are the chances somebody's going to hit me? What are the chances that I'm not going to make it home safely? Right. We sort of have this thing in the back of our mind that says, you know, these, these like, these possibilities are extremely unlikely. Right. So we have really good reasons to believe that we'll make it safely out of the garage, go on our trip and we'll make it back home. But we haven't done any of that. I believe that that's all done as an act of faith. We have reasons. But until it's, it's done, until it's actually 
realized, we operate on faith. Okay, faith is belief in something that you can't see, and you can't see the future, but you believe it will turn out this way or that way. And sometimes you're wrong. Um, the other the other point I want to make about faith is that I believe that faith is uh, is axiomatic to action. Okay, which is kind of another way of saying what I just said. Before we act, we have to believe that the way we want to act, the actions we want to take, will accomplish the ends that we want to accomplish. Okay, in my opinion, that's a type of faith. So we have faith that that we can act to bring about the ends that we've we've chosen, and we and that faith motivates that action, and then that action happens. Okay, so that's, I don't know, maybe it's semantics, I don't know, maybe maybe you can call it something else. I think it makes sense to call it faith. Anyway, kind of a tangent, but this last example said, acceptance of reason is an act of faith. I guess, I'm just wondering if there are situations where that might, that might not be a stolen concept, that might not be a contradiction. Um, acceptance of reason I mean, I, I guess just acceptance of, of, I mean, reason is a tool, right? It's a tool. Acceptance of reason is an act of faith. So it might be, is this, is this tool going to be useful to me in the pursuit of this particular end? In that case, choosing that tool and believing it will help you, that's, that is an act of faith, right? So I don't think that's what he means here. I think there's some equivocation. I'm probably engaging in some equivocation here on the, on the concept of faith. So, uh, strictly, I mean, obviously all these terms aren't strictly defined. He's using, uh, you know, connotations anyway. All right. That's stolen concept. Let's go to the last one. This is proof by selected instances. This is a long quote by Richard Feynman, who was a, uh, he was a, an American physicist. He lived from 1918 to 1988. Uh, pretty smart guy. So it's kind of a long quote. Many years ago, I awoke in the dead of night in a cold sweat with the certain knowledge that a close relative had suddenly died. I was so gripped with the haunting intensity of the experience that I was afraid to place a long-distance phone call for fear that the relative would trip over the telephone cord or something and make the experience a self-fulfilling prophecy. In fact, the relative is alive and well, and whatever psychological roots the experience may have, it was not a reflection of an imminent event in the real world. After my experience, I did not write a letter to an institute of parapsychology relating a compelling predictive dream, which was not borne out by reality. That is not a memorable letter. But had the death I dreamt actually occurred, such a letter would have been marked down as evidence for precognition. The hits are recorded. The misses are not. Thus, human nature unconsciously conspires to produce a biased reporting of the frequency of such events. If enough independent phenomena are studied and correlations sought, some will, some will of course be found. If we know only the coincidences and not the unsuccessful trials, we might believe that an important finding has been made. Actually, it is only what statisticians call the fallacy of the enumeration of favorable circumstances. All right, so what he's talking about is, and you, you see this a lot with like, uh, you see it with religious people, you see it with business people. We've talked about this, um, Oh man, we talked about it. Uh, there's a cognitive, a cognitive bias here at work as well when this happens. Let me go find it. We talked about it recently. Let me go back to my uh, podcast archive. Oh yeah, it was. Uh, well, yeah, I guess I would say confirmation bias. Beware the special case. 
that was that was uh was that the last episode i think that was the last episode we did uh, yeah yeah confirmation bias so you're giving more weight to the instances where you know whatever actually happens and you're pretty much uh, ignoring or tossing out or forgetting the instances where it doesn't. So this, this is sort of, uh, this is related to that, probably the same thing. Anyway, yeah, you see this with, with business people, of course, they, you know, successfully do something and then, you know, they, they pad up their resume to say, look at all these things I accomplished where what's not on the resume are all the, the failures. You see this with religious people where they'll pray for something and it happens the way they wanted it to. So they'll, They'll chalk it up to the work of God as a miracle or something. But what they're ignoring, and usually these people pray several times a day, and uh, the, the losses, right, the wins are recorded, the losses are forgotten. Or it, in many cases, the losses are, well, it really wasn't God's will that that should happen the way that I wanted, so this really is a win for God. <laughs> Right. So now it's, you're twisting things and, and making everything in, into a win. Right. Ultimately, his will be done. And it doesn't matter what I want is, is really where, where that logic concludes. So what are you praying for? Right. What's the point? Um, okay. All right. So that's proof by selected instances or the fallacy of the enumeration of favorable circumstances. Uh, and if you're only enumerating the favorable circumstances and not the unfavorable, then you have a really incomplete picture and you can really start to believe all sorts of, of, uh, nonsense. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode. We did, uh, we looked at illicit process, illicit major and illicit minor. We looked at stolen concept, which is basically where your, your concepts are ignoring or contradicting or denying the validity of the concepts on which it, uh, logically or genetically depends and we looked at uh, proof by selected instances or the fallacy of the enumeration of favorable circumstances. Okay. All right. There it is. Thanks so much for listening. I hope that was interesting and have a better day. Please send your comments or questions to thinkinganddoingpodcast at gmail.com. Will you do me a big favor? Will you rate and review this podcast wherever you're listening from? That really helps. And one more thing. Please share the podcast with your friends. 